0: Hello, I hope that you're well. Welcome to this week's episode of That One Time I Dated a Mormon. Um, I am going to start today's episode by giving you a fact that you probably won't have known before, um, but I read and thought was fascinating, is that bottlenose dolphins know their friends from the taste of their piss. Taste of their piss. So, a researcher is actually being paid. This is someone's job, right? They're being paid. Um, at the Stephen F. Austin State University in Texas, sounds legit, Um, that bottlenose dolphins identify each other, quote, with signature whistles, but latest findings show they can also recognise each other through taste. Sounds a bit gross. Um, And they have done extensive research, somehow, for some reason, someone's been paid to do this, that um, dolphins can taste... Uh, a friend's urine, piss, and that is how they know um, which dolphin is their friend. I mean, surely they could just have a little chat and see if, if they know each other or not. Um, but the researchers uh, I uh, identified that dolphins will, and this is the bit that really made me laugh, quote, open their mouths and run their tongues through the water um, to see if they recognise their friend's piss. So, just bear that in mind, when you're um, filling up at the petrol tank pump and you're thinking, fucking hell, this is expensive, why do I have enough money when I work all the hours God sends? At least, at least, you know, somewhere, someone's being paid to do the vital research to figure out that dolphins recognise piss. Um. So, hello, welcome to this week's episode. Um. So that was an interesting fact to begin with. Hi. I um, hope you well. Hope you have had a good week. Um. I um. I know. I normally end an episode with one thing I've done that week. Um. But this week, um, I went to a concert. I went to a concert with my friend. Went to see Lord in Manchester at the Warehouse, uh, which was just by Old Trafford's um, stadium, which I didn't know. And um we went to Manchester for the day first. It was nice to, to get out and do something normal together for the day. Um Lord, um yeah, I like her, I think she some of her first album is particularly very good. Um I found her a little bit irritating though, I'll be honest. I mean the set was amazing, um you know, her voice was excellent. Um she just didn't shut up. She just don't get me wrong, I like, you know, an artist to come on, do a couple of songs, say hello, have a bit of a banter Chat every now and again then go. It was between every song. And it was like ethereal bullshit um, about the meaning of music. And it brings us together. And this meant this to me. And I lost myself and found myself. I don't fucking care, mate. I've paid 40 quid. In the time that you've spoken, you could have played another four songs. Um, However, she did play Ribs. And she did play Team, which were my favourite. So I let her off. Um, I... um, wanted to. I was torn between doing two particular topics and issues this week, and um, So I've decided to to try and pop them together. Um and, under the the kind of umbrella. Um. um idea of looking at how women can be portrayed in the media positively and negatively and I'm going to look at the more hopeful, positive um, representation of women with AOC. Um, Alexandria Cortez, uh, if you've not come across her before um, I'll be giving you information about her really um, influential, incredibly popular young politician in America for all sorts of reasons I think she's wonderful um, and I'm also then going to look at the first part of the episode of looking at the negative portrayals of women in media and really how a lot of stories are skewed against women, unsurprisingly, when media is generally run by old white men. Um, but how in a lot of media stories, if you think back, you know, um, historically as well, it's quite often women are being pitted against women. For entertainment and to sell newspapers and magazines and things like that and how that's happening today and I think that it can be quite insidious in the terms that we don't notice that it's happening um, and obviously I'm referencing to the Rooney and Vardy um, court case um, and an article about that I'm going to refer to in a minute but also the representation and new stories about amber heard and how she's presented in comparison to johnny Depp, and it made me think back to you know moments in media when i was growing up when a lot of the hot topic and interesting things for want of a better word that were in the media were all about women being against women so you know for so long it was britney versus christina and it was the fact all the desperate housewives actresses hated each other um even you know, going back into the 50s and 60s, it was Bette Davis and Joan Crawford fucking hated each other and, you know, would do anything to to get one up on the other. Um, in you know, more recent times we've had Meghan Markle versus Kate and how I've spoken on this podcast before about how they would be shown in two very different ways on the same topic. Um, you know, on an outfit or how they presented themselves at um, an event or how they presented themselves around children or members of the family or whatever. And it does just seem to be something still very popular in entertainment and media to pit women against each other. So I um, came across an article this week in the news that was looking at the relationship between um, Rebecca Bardi and... um, Colleen Rooney, and you know, I find it funny. I'm not simply so really asked about it, but what interested me was the article that had been written about it, and how it was looking at toxic friendships between women, and how to stop them, and how to kind of break yourself off from them, um, and. I've just finished watching series six, I think it is, of Working Moms on Netflix. It's very good if you've not seen it, it's very funny. Um, and at the end of that series, the two kind of key women in the show they realise that maybe their friendship isn't benefiting them and they decide to kind of take a break. Um, and I've been watching a lot of Kathy Griffin. Um, stand up, I think she's great and I'm watching her Life on the Dealish show on, um, on YouTube and I know that she had quite a public break with a friend Anderson Cooper after the whole um, President Trump head thing um, but what interests me about the article was that it was looking at a toxic friendship and basically it kind of summarised the idea that toxic friendships only happen between women that it doesn't at any point state that they happen between a man and a woman, two men, it's two women that seem to have a toxic friendship, and particularly two cis heterosexual women. Um, and it goes back into that, um, like I've said, that like historical um, like blood sport almost of pitting two women against each other, and that only women can fall out, and that that generates entertainment. I think about films that that's been the pure plot line of things like Mean Girls and Brides' Wards. I mean, it's fucking awful, but Bride Wards is that in like in an eggshell. In, in what's the phrase? In a nutshell, eggshell? Nutshell. Um, Bridesmaids, which is very funny, but that's the kind of the, the centre of it. Women trying to pit each other against women or being interpreted that way. And the article looks at um, kind of key ways you can identify if the friendship with your female friend is toxic and then how to um, come out of it and how to better it. So um, research done by uh, Booper UK um, and it's kind of partly been researched by um, a, a mental health nurse, and advisor. And they say that you can identify for toxic... Friendship has begun or has been there with your female friend if, quote, their behaviour suddenly changes. So there's a couple of things they say to notice is one, that they put you down. So you often feel like you fall short of the mark and that quite often their stories or anecdotes um, are at your expense in front of other people. So they come across as being quite funny and likeable, but actually they're laughing at you to gain favour with others. Um, If the majority of your friendship is about them. So even though you may have achieved something recently, they don't really show much interest in how you are as a person. And um, If you begin to feel that you can't trust them. So um, a psychologist has written a book called The Leader's Guide to Resilience and, and basically saying that a friend should support you through good and bad and not be fair weather. Um, they gossip about others. Um so, you know, they state that everyone has a little bit of a goss, that's fine. But if it becomes particularly nasty and makes you question if they would maybe do the same to you when you weren't there, that's slightly different. If other friends and family don't like them, that's quite a good sign as well. Um and not a good sign, but you know what I mean. And if they question or don't validate your feelings, so you will reveal something and they will question whether it's true, whether you're overreacting, kind of gaslighting your emotions in a way. Um and then they offer the article offers some suggestions of how to like improve that toxic friendship. So one says to set boundaries, just say no to certain things they ask you to do. Um, maybe acknowledge that it's not salvable, that um salvageable sorry that maybe the friendship is just past its peak, past its point. Um, and to be very clear to them if you are going to cut them out then explain to them why. But what struck me about the article was i know it was in response to the vardine rooney situation fine but it's very gendered and it's very binary and it looks at women toxic friendships not man and man not man and woman um it's very pronouned as well um and it just made me think are we really still at that point where we are um really still finding entertainment in the fallout between two women. I'd like to think in modern day society we've moved on from that, even just in the definition of what friendship is um, and how friendship isn't as clear-cut or kind of fallout isn't as clear-cut as two women, that all sorts of people can have friendships and fallouts. Um, And it just seemed quite a dated reaction to the story, I felt anyway and then from that obviously still in the news is the amber heard and johnny's step uh, johnny step johnny depp ongoing scandal between them and how they are still being portrayed very very differently in the news even um as recently as today when you know, Amber Heard has been accused of, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, of snorting cocaine on the stand. I mean, as if she would, as if she would. But there are videos out there suggesting that she does. Um, whereas today, and this was published on BBC website um, a couple of hours ago, um, the, the headline is Johnny Depp, Sheffield Music Fan Shock by Star Surprise Appearance. And it goes on to say how, quote, there was an awesome set. What um, What a legend. Um, Johnny Depp on guest vocals. So, on one hand, you've got a woman who, um, by all accounts, seems to be diagnosed with different personality disorders, possibly be quite mentally unwell. Yes, I do think has been party to domestic violence, both a victim and it seems quite likely to have been the perpetrator as well. Um, And quite rightly should be pulled up for that and held to account for that but is completely victimised in the press as a liar and manipulator and all the rest of it. And on the other hand, you've got a man who seems equally as um, culpable, but is now performing on stage and has the BBC writing positive reviews of him. Um, and in the um, Independent this week, there was an article looking at um, the so-called anti-amber conspiracy theorists. Um, and it looks at four uh, or five um, um, kind of conspiracy theories against her and says whether they're likely or to um, debunk them, basically. Just before I do play you that, uh, read you that, sorry, I'm just going to play you a short clip. Now, you can watch all sorts of footage of, of the um, uh, law. Court and questioning things online. But there are so many videos um mocking Amber Heard and turning her reactions into memes. And I know that she's, you know, kind of makes some funny facial expressions and things, but um, there are so many of them that have been put to music and made like little comedy videos of them and kind of make out that she's acting and lying and da da da. So I was gonna play you an example of once. This is her a compilation of her crying in court, trying to make out that she's acting. And then just think about this is a quite a serious situation. Um and someone, whoever it is, has then put it to some like comical music at the same time.
1: Went to my therapist. I told her Objection here
0: as to what so, you know, you can see that it's completely taken the piss out of it. It's got, like, funny little noises whenever she blinks or she tries to look at somebody. Um, it's got, like, kind of little piss tape music on in the background. And just in terms of some of the um, kind of conspiracy theories, for example. So, one is that Amber Heard has plagiarised the talented Mr Ripley. So, um, there is a Facebook... Um, article that said her opening lines on May the 4th were, quote, the thing with Johnny is like the sun shines on you, it's glorious, and then he forgets about you, and it's very cold, which is a direct quote, or kind of bastardised quote from the talented Mr Ripley. Now, that's since been found to be completely false, that that was a fake article put on Facebook, and those weren't her opening days, were her opening day words at all and that she actually said quote we were secretly dating it was beautiful um and i felt beautiful when i was around johnny so there are kind of fake wolf is fake news fake articles out about her to discredit her as a person one is that she has snorted cocaine um on the witness stand so she kind of dabs um, a tissue to her nose and it looks like she's sniffing something and then you know online people have said that she experiencing coke jaw which is why she's pulling all these kind of um, facial expressions all the time and if you look at any of the footage online it's you know quite clearly edited together to make her look a certain way so that's obviously completely false um another one that snapchat has created a new um filter which makes you cry and um, it'll look like you're, you know, really sobbing. And that supposedly um, Amber Heard has kind of um, struck a deal with Snapchat so that she will get a cut of the profits from people buying that filter. Um, again, that's been proven to be completely false. The only one that is true, which um, I think is just actual evidence um, against her in court, is that she um, alleged that she used a certain type of makeup to cover up a bruise that she had when Johnny Depp had beaten her. Um, But it's since been found that that particular makeup that she claimed she used wasn't released for sale until about a year after the incident. Um... So, you know, there are things that she says on on the stand that aren't completely legit. But the kind of digging around to basically just make her look like a moron um, isn't happening to him. And again, it's kind of that very gendered portrayal of women in in the media um, and making women look like liars. Um, And then on the same um, topic of Amber Heard in court, and again, going back to the idea of pitting women against women... You've then got um, the kind of rising superstar, it seems to be, of Camille Vesquez, Um, I think that's how I pronounce her name, Um, who is on the uh, law team of Johnny Depp, and how she is again being pitted against Amber Heard, and not just in terms of lawyer defendant on, on the stand, but again, women against women, and women really... Um, there's no way that, you know, women can work together. They've got to hate each other. Um, and this is just exacerbated by the law court as well. And, you know, it seems that she is being portrayed in the media as, you know, the, the saviour of, of, of the law case and the law court. Um, so, again, this is just a very short clip of her being presented in such, like, uh, the antithesis of Amber Heard. That you've then got that battle between women yet again the main focus of um media
1: we can't get enough of camille vasquez johnny depp should be proud of his team his lawyers are so good they leave amber heard and her lawyers speechless they can't do anything else but sit back and watch them get dominated the media loves her everyone sees camille as the hero of this trial so here are the seven moments of the lawyer being a star in court the
0: um and you know I'm not saying at all that she's not brilliant really at her job of course she will be, um but it just seems to be again a little bit um reductive that a lot of the praise about her is about how she makes Amber Heard look like an idiot, and it's pitting women against women again. Um, and that I find just quite irritating that that's kind of the main thing that seems to be coming out of the law court is pitting two women against each other. Um, However, I didn't want to just talk about the negative representation of women in the media and negative stories about women in the media. Um, I very much wanted to look at uh, positive, uh, not role models, I think that's the wrong word, um, um, but more just positive ways in which women are presented. And that it doesn't always have to be negative all the time but obviously someone like aoc i'm going to talk about now is 100 um, percent a role model um but i think that um it's more important just to look at how the media can positively present women as well now um, aoc if you uh, don't know about her so alexandria cortez um was born um 13th October 1989 so she's 32 and she is a a member of the US House of Representatives uh, of New York's 14th district um, since January 2019. She's a Democrat Um, and she is uh, the youngest woman ever to be elected to Congress. She's also Latina when in Congress is 78% white um so she's really you know quite a game changer in that respect and is incredibly popular particularly with the youth and younger voters um and there's lots of kind of talk and buzz around her running for running for president at some point um i think that she i think she'd be wonderful i think that she'd she'd be magnificent um if it went for president but um, you know, hopefully in my lifetime, we'll get to see something like that. Um, now, her web page, um, if you want to go and look at her. Um, and there's a documentary as well, which I would thoroughly recommend watching, called Knock Down the House on Netflix, which looks at her win in New York um, about four years ago now. Um, and on her webpage, page, which you can visit, so um, it is, um, what's it called? So, um, acortez.com. So her statement um, on her website says, With working families struggling on our planet under threat, we can't just wait around for progressive change. It's time for us to act. Our campaign is fighting for a powerful set of policies that will reshape our economy, minimise inequality and reverse the effects of climate change. Um, so she does a lot of work on climate change. She's put through something called the Green New Deal and does a lot of work as well um, around uh, Medicare and medicine supplies, particularly for low-income families and um, families of um, ethnic origin um, who are quite often at the kind of low end of uh, income in, in the United States. So just some facts about AOC, so Alexandria Cortez, and uh, she was born in the Bronx, so has experienced quite a poor upbringing, um, and has worked as a bait- uh, a waitress, um, a waitress and a bartender, and helps her kind of her mum with paying the bills and growing up. So she comes from a very normal, quite um, you know impoverished background as well. Um, she is as of. Um, today still the most watched political video um of all time. Um, when she gave an address back in twenty nineteen, which has so far had over thirty seven million views. When she beat the incumbent Joe Crowley, um, in the fourteenth district of New York, she beat him by fifteen percent, which is unheard of, and he'd had a ten year term there, uh, or like a ten a ten term reign of that part. Of that district so for her to win by 15 it um, was really quite incredible and in the documentary that followed her um around that time knocked down the house she's incredibly critical of him because um it seems as if that he only appeared in that district to get the votes and um, at times it looked favorable so um he suddenly appeared when it was an lgbt Um, kind of march and pride parade um, and he suddenly appeared at certain events so that he would look good to be photographed where she was kind of in and out every single day you know talking to to kind of you know the regular people that she wanted to work with um she um i think part of her being up and coming she's very socially social media savvy um using twitter and instagram like I said, she's the youngest woman ever elected to Congress and she does an awful lot of work in trying to abolish immigration rules in America and particularly ICE. So Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which are separating families, um, you know, kind of families and adults and children and parents trying to get over the border from Mexico, for example. Um, And with recent things happening in America at the minute, so... um, the uh, abortion laws coming into place, but also the gun laws um, after the horrendous massacre that happened just this week. So um, she's very vocal and open about both those topics and what America needs to do to move forward. So in an article from the National Review um, just this week, so May 27th, um, it says that, AOC blasts the Senate, um, Democrats, so her own party, and Republicans, saying that they are, quote, complicit in violence, um, talking about gun culture in America. Um, She says that we need to finish the job on gun control, pass measures, um, and have them cleared in the House. So she's pushing for things like stricter background checks. um, And she also... You know, says that it's not just a Republican problem. She says here, we have, a, 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 I can't say the word, we have obstructionists in her own party um, because they're in favour of the NRA, it seems. And she accuses them of letting, quote, blood spill. And they are complicit in the violence. And she says, I will not make excuses for Democratic senators who refuse to act on this issue. Um, she's also very outspoken um, on the uh, risk of changing abortion rules in America um, and the restriction on women's choice and in one article from The Independent, um, again, that was released on the 20th. Um of this month she recounts that um her fears that she would have needed an abortion herself after she was um attacked and sexually assaulted herself um saying that she felt quote horrified alone, but at least when it happened to her, she had a choice, whereas many women now would not have the choice. So I'm just going to play you a clip of her. Um, like I said, she uses Instagram and Twitter and all sorts of social media to really talk to people who are allies of her and not as well. She's very good at um answering back to people who, who as you can understand as a woman, Um, a woman of colour trying to have an opinion in America, not the easiest thing. So this is her talking about her reaction to the abortion changes that are proposed in America and her own experiences, which means she feels so passionate about it.
1: I have, uh, you know, publicly kind of talked about my experience uh, with sexual assault in the past. And, you know, after, you experience something that traumatizing, if you're a person that menstruates, you know, your cycle, um, and this happened to me, your cycle can be really, really thrown off because of the trauma and the stress of being assaulted. Um, You may miss a cycle. You may not even be pregnant, and you may miss a cycle because of the immense amount of trauma and stress of um, experiencing that. And, um, you know, I remember uh, when that happened, the horror that I had felt. um, And I felt really alone. And, you know, for context, I grew up in a very religious household. That is why these choices are very deeply personal. And that's why it is a choice. Um, for every person. But I remember in the moment after what happened, um, I was just so horrified. I had felt like no matter what had happened, uh, I at least had a choice in what happened to my life after a choice was taken away from me. Um, after a choice over my body was taken away from me whether my values and whether my my personal um, perspective led me to carry a pregnancy or not is no one else's business but my own and it could have been my choice and whether it was my religious values or not led me to what, you know, whatever that may be, that's the point, is that your future and your life can belong to
0: you. And what I really like about that is her language. So she says people who menstruate and she's just incredibly aware of her, um, status and the importance that she has in her role um if you um, want to read a little bit more about her then there is uh, there is information about her all over the internet and on youtube etc and her own personal accounts um but there is a book which i'd recommend you reading and it's called this is what i am and it is um a transcription of a speech that she gave um on june 26 back in 2018 and I'm just going to read you a little part of it. So it says, for those of you who may not know um, a little about my background, I'm an educator, I'm an organiser, I'm from the river over here. For those of you who don't know New York, 14 is actually half of the Bronx. That's the 14th district that she um, runs and half in the Queens. Um, I happen to be a third generation Bronxite, so thank you for your hospitality here. And... Um, And what this campaign is really about is a ferocious and fierce and uncompromising campaign for social, economic and racial justice, not just in New York City, but the United States of America. This is what this campaign is about. I am the only candidate in this race not taking corporate money, which means I am not funded by corporations or special interests that are making life harder in New York City. So I think that's one of the reasons she's become so popular is that she's not kind of in the pockets of fat cats that run the city, essentially, if that makes sense. Um, But um, I also just wanted to mention as well in reference, though, the kind of the kind of public issues that she's had in terms of people fighting back against her. And what's brilliant about her reactions is, again, it's all about very much so defending women. And standing up for herself and standing up for women when she is um discredited and criticized publicly and in the media and primarily by um white opponent men in politics so for example um there's a situation with um a politician called ted yoho um and he um they, they'd fallen out about comments she'd made about um poverty in new york city and she said that the rise in poverty in new york city was then hand in hand with the rise in crime because people were having to steal in order to survive and the um man ted he um, publicly on um uh, um on the steps of the capitol um said that she was quote disgusting for trying to make a link between poverty and crime in new york um, he called her, and this is on camera, a fucking bitch. Um, and when she pulled him up on it, he said that he cannot quote apologize for his passion. Now her response was brilliant. She said that, um, and this is from again, you can watch this footage of her talking back to him, or you know, stating her argument in in Congress. She says that except um, accepting violence and violent language against women gives permission for others to do it, even towards your own wife and your daughter. Um, And essentially what she's trying to say is that, you know, if you speak to one woman that way, then surely you speak to all women that way. And if men see you do that and you're a public face and figure, all men will think that you're um, able to do do that to even your own wife and and child. Um, And then there was another incident with uh, another politician called paul i just want to make sure i get his name right paul ghost goscar um and he put on twitter um a farm as a television show an anime series called attack on titan and he had doctored the opening credits so that his face was on some characters and her face was on some characters and he um killed her with a sword um which is incredibly threatening um, and not what you would expect a politician to do with his spare time. Obviously, hasn't got a lot to do. Um, so turned a, a cartoon into him killing her live on screen. Um, and again, her reaction to this was that it normalises violence against women. Um, and she says, this is not about me. It's not about you. It's about what we are willing to accept people do to women. And how women are viewed as well. Um, And again, this is a fantastic speech, a six-minute speech that you can watch on YouTube. Um, And even when she went to the Met Gala, um, I think it was last year, um, she used what, again, is a very, um, I think, quite (sighs) flippant. I know it raises money, but it's a very, um, you know... Privileged thing to do. She um, took complete advantage of the fact that she was there and on her dress. You may have seen it written all over. It was tax the rich, which is brilliant because she was in the mix of some of the richest people in the world and essentially saying that they need to be held to account for the poverty in the country. Now um if you want to know a little bit more about her um as I've said there is a documentary called Knock Down the House which is brilliant. I would thoroughly recommend that you go in and watch it. It doesn't just look at her run for um, um, a seat or for a place in politics where it looks at different women around the country in America. But she's the real standout. Um, and the success story as well. Her website, follow her on Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. She, I think she's wonderful. I think that she will hopefully, fingers crossed, go for president eventually. Um, but if you go onto women.com, um, they've collated 15 quotes from her that stand out and really show Uh, her passion for the country and why she's so popular. So I'm just going to read you one or two of them. So she says, Americans aren't asking for a lot. They're asking politicians just to help them get by. I'm running because everyday Americans deserve to be represented by an everyday American. For one of us to make it through, a hundred of us have to try. Um, She says, I keep things raw and honest because I believe public servants do a disservice to our communities by pretending to be perfect. Um, what else does she say? I believe in America, all things are possible and where basic dignified life isn't a dream but should be a norm. I'm going to make some Democrats mad and if they're trying to deliver paydays for Wall Street donors, but that doesn't mean I'm going to burn down the house. I'm just going to question them. And I like that. That she's, you know, she acknowledges she's going to be asking difficult difficult questions, but she's not trying to ruin anyone. She's not trying to destroy anybody. She just wants people to be fairly held to account, which politicians don't do enough of. They don't call each other out enough in a way that is moving forward. She doesn't, I don't think, appear to want to destroy people. Um, she just wants to question them and get to the, the crux of the matter. Um. She also says, each of us must decide who will be in America's Next Story. We are the chosen people. Um, And then I'll just read one more little quote. She says, the only way that you beat a machine is with movement. Um, So, yeah, I think she's great. And the reason I wanted to mention her on this episode is because I was, like I said before, kind of pulled between... Look at an episode where women are continually presented to be quite very negative in the press, like pitting women against each other, like Rooney Vardy, um, Amber Heard against Depp, Amber Heard against Vasquez. But then the very positive representation of a hopeful future as well with um, AOC, with Alexandria Cortez. And I thought that, you know, maybe by looking at the two differences um, that... You know, we need to remind ourselves that particularly when it comes to the negative portrayal of women in the media, it's the media machine that does it. You know, it's run by men. They want to kind of have that bait inside of the media that makes people buy the magazine, buy the newspapers. But there is a more positive view and a more positive, I'd hope, um, future possible with someone like AOC. We'll see. But I would thoroughly recommend you go and look at it more about her. Um, and reading into her place in her history if you want to. So um, I've already done my one time um, Dated and woman, one thing this week so I won't bore you by repeating it but I hope that you have um, a lovely week coming up something you're doing for bank holiday or for the jubilee perhaps. Um, and um, if you have any uh, follow-up questions as always contact me at that one time podcast at yahoo.com on instagram and i would also just like to say thank you to the people who listened last week um i had a lot of positive comments and feedback at the episode i did about when someone questioned if i would feel alone for the rest of my life because i'm single and don't have a kid um, and it had the most listens of any episode i've done so far i've just over 1200 um so the fact that i've got like over a thousand people listening is insane to me and um, thank you very much i really do appreciate it Um, and have a lovely week and I'll speak to you very soon.